Episode 365, The Rant, Dennis Dio Jr., certified basketball official, in pursuit of being great, attempting to elevate his game to the collegiate level. In the subsequent years that I've known him, one thing is clear. Dennis wants to be the best that he can be. In this pod, we discuss his early life, moving to Long Island, discovering officiating, and what the summer and the future hold. All that and more, my conversation with Dennis, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by Long Island Legends Basketball. Looking for a whole new experience for the game of basketball? Look no further than the Long Island Legends Basketball League. Started with the guys that brought you the Flag Football League Long Island Legends and pro baller J.J. Moore, they bring to you leagues geared towards 3-on-3 basketball and, of course, 5-on-5. Be on the lookout for cash prize tournaments and, of course, our league. For more information, register at lilegends.com. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest, fourth year certified basketball official, board 127 certified basketball official yes, sir. on the IABO side, and just recently went to a camp with my mentor, Bernard Bowen Sr., Mr. Dennis Dio Jr. How are you, my friend? I'm good, I'm good. It's been a long time coming, man. I've been trying to get you for the longest. I know. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really kind of happy that we waited a year and then we waited another year because like, I could just see the growth. You just recently went to Bernard's camp. So first of all, congratulations on continuing to referee and you know wanting to excel because that's also like, not everyone is built to just want to get better and all that. So you know, how do you feel just from that experience of, of the b-ball referee camp that was held at Island Garden in Lujai? If I could explain it, I would say it's uh, it was mind-blowing. Definitely mind-blowing. Um, I got so much information that I didn't think was going to happen going into that camp. Wow. You know, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking closer, closer to home, you know, um, local camp. And I'm like, all right, let's see what's going on here. But when I got there... First day, first, like out the gate. I'm you mean like, you felt the influence of Bernard for oh, the first yeah. time in a real way? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I've always heard Bernard's name. I never met him, though. Right. So that was definitely a, an amazing experience. Mm. Now, when you, I, I guess, like, what was your mindset? Because it was a local camp, and I know that we talked about this off air. You're aspiring to be a collegiate men's basketball official, um, and you're going through the steps. And, you know, it was already presented as a teaching camp. But right. what's crazy about Bernard, it's like, He's like a happy meal, and you're like you know you're happy that you're doing it, but then it's supposed to come with a toy, but it comes with it comes with all seven <laughs> toys, and you're like, wow, this is like such a great yeah. bargain, right? Yeah. Right, just financially, and just like 
not even the amount of information that you get on the court. I feel like off the court, that's no, where Bernard shines, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, a treasure trove of knowledge. That's what I'll call Bernard. Um, like I said before, I didn't think I was going to get that much out of that camp. Um, so it definitely, definitely blew my mind. That's awesome, man. And, you know, it's the first time that you're in the Chop Shop. We're taping this on June 3rd. 2022 um what is is there like an object here that you gravitate towards because there's just a lot of things going on and i know it's confusing oh those are my ginger where's my listen, ginger listen. My, um, gin I didn't <laughs> my ginger 16s that we were talking yeah, about where that. are those right there yeah okay copy copy they're nice and crumbled listen this place is is dope, it's dope. <laughs> the etch-a-sketch jumped out at me as too see and that was for the old and you were the first person because everyone's like what is that and i'm uh, like one day an old person's gonna come in here and they're gonna know exactly what that I'm is old, i'm old definitely. i'm glad that's you if there's like two takeaways that you can take away from that camp specifically one for off the court and one on the court that court that that camp what did it provide for you if you had two takeaways off the court and on the court okay um I'm going to say having your knowledge of the game, I mean, your knowledge of the rules be your fundamental basis. Mm. That definitely, uh, it definitely triggers and definitely controls how you view the rest of the game. Mm. You can say things definitively, um, everything's strong and crisp when you know, hey, I know this rule. You don't feel like at this point in your career you like that yet? Absolutely not. Mm. Okay. Absolutely not. Um, but- Going to this camp definitely helped me to see, listen, getting those rules behind you, knowing exactly what's going on at all time, um, it changes the way you view everything. Yeah, there's a, there's a good analogy that I could like really hone that down. Um, so sometimes when you when you see, the, I'll even give you an example. And I won't tell you who was reffing, but just more like, you know how they have it, like when you have three-person games, it'll say the R, the referee, which is the lead, and then the U1, right. and then the U2. More than likely, all of those referees are also referees, Correct. right? So, like, leaders leading leaders. Right. And I found there was this one game where I was like, he's definitely not a leader, he's definitely not a leader, he's definitely not a leader. So once it got, like, testy, you could see that split second of each one going, right. like, nah, you deal with it. Right. They're not saying it, but they're just more like, you're closest. Just, like, go figure that out. For you. And nope, then, Nobody's and then, taking it. Right. But when you're reffing, like, everyone's like, no, this is why. We're all in agreement. We've right. seen this hundreds right. of times. So like, that's what it is. And right. that's it. The leadership is clear. Right. And, and I, I think that's really the difference between like a JV official and varsity official, because you, the more, you know, the more confident you feel Absolutely. and you're not, yeah, you're yeah, not, yeah, yeah. cause I know in the beginning when you're like, that's a charge, but I'm, I'm just uh, self-conscious of how it sure. looks. So I'm just like, <laughs> no call. And how, how much does that happen? Like, that right. was a block, and my block does not look like how it's supposed to, so I'm going to just not call. And, you know, mm -hmm. you go through that, but like I said, the more confident you feel, and when you oh, look yeah. it in the book, and then the more mirrors you have, and the more you can just do it, because there's not a discernible way you can practice refereeing right. other than, like, gameplay. Reps on the court. Right? But yes. in basketball, I can, like, dribble with a cone, and I can get better at dribbling, so you got to... You got to create the consequences, right? As we talked about yeah. before. What about off the court? What do you think is the biggest takeaway from the camp? Mm, let me see. Let me see. Off the court. Hold on. Or just something that's not on the court. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be like. Yeah. I, I think um, just presence. Mm. Uh, making sure that. I mean, confidence in daily life yeah. also helps you with confidence on the court. Yeah. You know what you're talking about? It it, it follows through. It shows. It shines through. Mm. Um, so that's definitely one thing I would say. Cool. All right. Well, we'll wrap that about that camp. But. I've always wanted to sat down with you, and I'm trying to think, like, when was the first time that we met? Was it in Syosset? 
Because um, I just, I, I vaguely remember, I'm like, how come I don't know this young man? I think that's how, how like, the conversation started. I don't even remember, man. I just... But did you think I was crazy? You a must little have thought, bit. Okay. A little bit. <laughs> Why did you think I was crazy? Well, well I just, I, I knew you as somebody I hadn't seen before. Um, but it, then... Right, because you met me when I was, like, kind of getting off the court right, there. Right, at that point. Yes. Exactly. But, but I was the top... Right, but then when you started speaking, yeah. I was like, all right, this ain't, this is not a drill. This guy knows what he's talking about. But also, too, I was, um, I was intrigued by, I guess, the way you were speaking. You were like, this is how... Like, I feel like this didn't work out for me, but I didn't stop and I did my own thing with it. Um, so when I seen that, I was like, all right, like there's different avenues, there's different mm. paths to go about this. Um, so I think that that kind of like lit a fire underneath me. Underneath me. Um, so I don't know if you remember, I was like, yo, let me get your number. Yeah, and I remember. It, and actually, I didn't know much about you at the time. I just put in my phone, I put Ralph City Ref. Weirdo. But, but all I knew was like, I don't see him around here, so I don't know where he's from, but that's Ralph, so I'm going to kid him up. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's cool. I, I, I vaguely remember that, and like I said, it, it's been a pleasure to see you, you know, grow in this. Um, so, yeah, that's when we met, and then, I, you know, I always wanted to just know your origin story because, like, you obviously got, and, and I'm, I'm a kid, so you met Londell, right? Yeah. You know Londell's old like us, right? Really? But he looked young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like me. He's stuck. And we, you. We got the stuck face. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm like, somebody, I remember I, I got id the other day at like the Yo, store. Yo, me too. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. And they're like, no. And, and when somebody asked me the number, mm. I say it, I'm 41. When I say it, I was like, you're lying. Like, who lies about being old? Yeah, like, I'm no not, one's going to lie I'm, about being old. That's not the thing I'm going to lie about. But I will say, like, my contemporaries are starting, like, you, like there's been cracks. And, mm. like, I'm, I'm waiting to... I don't know. Not look like I'm 28. It's weird, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm happy with it. I'm good with it. I, I I'm cool with it. But you know, I want to know your origin. So you know, having said that, just talk about where did you grow up? What did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school, high school, and in college? Okay, so as far as um, growing up, I grew up in Queens, New York. I was born in Corona. Um, after that, uh, my parents moved us out here to Long Island, Brentwood, Long, Long Island. Moved this out here when I was about uh, 11, 12. Um, and I l obviously loved basketball, but I never really I never really played basketball as far as um, school or anything like that. I want to go back to that 11, 12 thing. So oh, okay. I'm, I'm, to me. I'm from Baldwin, uh -huh. right? And like Hempstead, Baldwin. Um, so I grew up with nothing but black people. Right, right. right? And every time it'd be like, you know, I'm eight years old. Somebody from this place called Brownsville moved. And I mean, they come in this like they're angry yeah, that yeah, yeah. we have space yeah, and we yeah. have bikes. You got grass, bro. Like <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm always looking at these kids like, why are we mad? Like yeah. you're mad that it's not worse. Like I don't get yeah, and yeah. that. That was always my conundrum growing up. So mm -hmm. were you one of those kids too? Um, like, oh, I want to go back. Like, this is yeah, awful. This is slow. First, OK, so we moved here in the summer. OK, um, the first two months. I hated my parents. I sat on my lovely stoop in mm -hmm. the front of the house and uh, I would look out and I'm like, this place is trash. Like nobody's, there's nobody outside. I can hear those, um, those bugs, those cicadas. I heard those the first summer out here, like, and I'm like, this, what is this hell hole that you've brought me to? Mm. There's nobody outside. I don't hear a basketball. It was dry. I'm just like, this is, this is crazy. Um, but I mean, I got used to it after a while. And after a while, the kids started coming out. We started having, you know, our little 
uh, tournaments up and down on Fulton Street. Um, but before that, man, it was just like, this is bad. This yeah, is really I bad. know the feeling. And then when my parents brought me to Kellenberg, I'm like, what? what is, and then... Yeah. Here I am still wearing it. That's a whole another level. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just sad that I'm just, I'm, I'm more loyal to my high school than my college. It's mm. like, what's wrong with me, man? Yeah, 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 copy. And I can't even ref them. Right. It's crazy. It's like, I got this whole alternate life. When I go into the gym, I'm, how many times you ref at Kellenberg this year? Uh, I did four, four times. Can you believe I've never done it? Really? No. Oh, well, well they don't let you, do they? I mean, cause in compromising situations, he'll okay. reluctant and I, I don't want it either. Yeah. I trust. I don't well, want it. I know like for, for me, they, they basically said for school games, yeah, you cannot ref in Brentwood. Like mm. if you are a resident of Brentwood, not like I'm going to be biased. I'm, I'm the least biased person on the planet. But Yo, Brentwood's I get turned it. up though. I mean, Brentwood's turned up. Absolutely. That gym be turned You walk up. in there and I said they need to build like an annex gym to get more people in there mm. because those playoff games- they're calling the fire marshal. Oh, yeah. They're calling every, like there's kids sneaking in the windows yeah. in the bathroom yeah. trying to get in. Like that place is live. Yeah, super wild. Yeah. Um, so just talk about, you know, growing up, what did you play in, in high school? Well, I didn't play ba uh, basketball. Nothing. Um, I was I was more of a, a home kid, parents, things like that. It was like, yeah, we don't want you doing that. We don't want you doing this. Um, what you call, it was just, yeah, it was a little different. I started working early as well, too. I started working when I was 15. Um, so I always had a love for basketball, but it wasn't something that I got to, um, I got to pursue. Um, so I, d I definitely think being uh, an official right now, being able to be close to the game, something that I love, but didn't get to do throughout my high school years and things like that, definitely mm -hmm. changes things. You know? So, you know, going through that situation, when you were, I guess you, you probably watched the NBA a lot and right. the NFL a lot, right? That, is that the sport that you gravitated the most, basketball? Oh, for sure. For okay. Sure. Yeah. Now, when it comes to basketball, what was your perception of referees <laughs> uh, when, when you were when you were just like just a, just a fan, just watching it on I mean, TV? Like everybody's perception, uh, the refs are trash. Don't even know why they are here, or the refs are cheating. The refs is not on my side. That's it, that's your normal everyday thing. It's just the refs is trash. That's it. So how did you get into this then? I'm, I'm so interested to hear this. Hmm. I'm trying to like really go back and see how. Um, all right. So when I was younger, I did. Um, I like worked at the rec center and things like that. Like I was your your neighborhood kid that when you walked in the rec center, you know, I was the guy that just opened right. up. Right. But then it grew into other things um, as I'm there. You know, I'm watching all the games. That's what made me starting to to get into like, all right, maybe I want to coach kids um, or I wanted to train kids. So I did all that. I trained kids. I coached kids at the rec center. Um, I had a couple people come in and they're like, oh yeah, you know what? Um, You should look into refereeing. And I'm like, why would I do that? <laughs> like it, it was never something that was appealing to me. Um, but uh, reluctantly I went, did the whole stuff for doing the class. When I got through with the class, I was like, you know what, I think this could help me. Because um, at the time, I was like, if I know what's going on as far as what the refs are going to be calling for, it'll help me to train the kid better. I can say, all right, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to look out for. Or even as a coach, coaching kids, like, this is what the refs are going to be looking for. So this you sort. just thought of it from that angle. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't thinking of it as a, like a, as a money-making thing or as a way to excel or anything like that. Like I was just like, all right, if I know how they think, then I could get these kids better. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, so that was my first instance of doing it. 
Um, so then, you know, summertime, you get your couple of, you know, tournaments here and there, you know, outside parks, Casamento, Stego, things like that. Uh, and I'm like, oh, okay, like you can get a little bit of bread from this. Like, I like this. But now this is just me thinking on the really low level of it. Now I'm not even thinking. All right. See, I don't, I don't think that's a low level because that's the next step of somebody who wants to be great. This is true. This is true. You know what I'm saying? Because like, if you didn't talk to nobody and you're not bouncing off, like no one's giving you right, higher levels right, of right, ideas, right, you're right. like, wait a minute, if I did this, because uh-huh. it's a similar story. <laughs> Basketball is my fourth sport I ever referee. Wow. My first sport was flag football. Okay, okay. So it was only every Sunday, right? And I remember I made, I did three games and I got paid 120. And I just was like, I, I got out of it like I was just confused because I didn't really mm-hmm. do a lot. I just went incomplete. That was it. Clock was running. Right. They were walking. Another incomplete. So the game was like super fast. And mm-hmm. I really only had to make like eight calls, like yeah. nothing crazy. Basketball is an entirely different situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I remember just saying to myself, like, I wish it was Sunday every day. Yeah, yeah. And I wish I, I had three games. all the time. But I never, I didn't have anyone to bounce saying, right. oh, yeah, there's basketball and it's indoors and you could do it every day. Yeah. And once you, okay, so back to that, uh-huh. you, you're at that point. And then when is it the point when I guess you started getting real serious about it? All right, so I'm doing all the outside tournaments, whatever. It's just, they just need, how I viewed it is this, they just need somebody out there to blow the whistle and make sure the kids don't get hurt. You don't have to be nice at what you do, just blow the whistle. Half the time, they don't even expect you to have a shirt. You just walk out there and they're like, all right, give this kid a whistle, do your thing, and give you the bread at the end. But then later on, I'm like, all right, let me see what's going on. Um, Going to the classes, I seen you could do school games. I'm like, all right. But then when I started doing that, I'm seeing, all right, this is a little bit more um, refined. Um, but still, as I'm doing school games, it's kind of the same thing because I'm with guys that are like, all right, shirts hanging out. And so I'm just like, all right, like, I never, I didn't see anybody that made me think, yo, I'm taking this and I want it as a craft. That's, that's the word I'll use, craft. Mm, mm. Nobody that I saw, had that as their craft. It was just like, all right, I'm doing this. This is how you can get a little bit of extra money. I'm retired. And that's the same story I got from a lot of guys. So I was like, all right, whatever. So it, it never, it was nothing ever to aspire to. Um, not till, I'll say, probably two years ago when I started meeting guys like you, Mike Nardone, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is different. Like, we're taking this to a higher level. Mm. Um, and I think when I started to put that into my mind, um, that's when I was really like, all right, this is a craft. This is something that I can literally get better at. And that's why, that's when it started being like, all right, let's get, make sure you're in shape. Make sure this is tucked here. Make sure, you know, I'm now I'm in the mirror. Like I never, I never in my life thought <laughs> I'd be in a mirror practicing mechanics. Never in my life. You see how many mirrors are here, Bro, right? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that kind of level of thought, something that I never thought I would be at. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. Interesting. And, you know, I think when you get to this other side, and, and I think there's like an upper crust, and I, I, what's really cool is that we all, first and foremost, it's a brotherhood, right? Because yeah. it's, you know, it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not it's not an easy thing. Absolutely. But I also think that, you know, when, when you see somebody taking it as serious as you, you want to take a step to them. I Feel me? Them. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, I feel like just even me saying whatever I've said to you, I feel like I don't know how much the average is, but you definitely done didn't do like 13 of the mistakes that, 
you know, I already went through. Like, luckily for you, you were able to skip that step. You feel me? Yeah. So I, you know, I think it's like it's just a pleasure to to meet people like that, and and we know how much you want it. Like, we were all there for before as well. You know, right. just getting there. But you know, it's cool to know that there's like a group that yeah, takes yeah, it yeah. as serious, especially like all the 127 guys. They all take it serious, man. All of them real take it serious. So, you know, just going through that lens now, and then going to camp season. I know you just mentioned that you're gonna go to a a men's um, college basketball tryout. Um, what right. are you expecting out of that? Like, and how do you feel like you're prepared this time as opposed to like, what makes you think like you're ready for that? Right, right. All right. So, um, yeah, that's going to be Epley's camp in July. Um, and I feel like I'm more prepared because I, like we were talking about before, mm. you can look in a book, you could say, all right, this is where I'm supposed to be. You can look at all the diagrams and say, this is my PCA. This is where I'm supposed to be looking. But, once you get onto the court, it's a whole different ball game. It's like walking onto a highway. Like you, your head, you've got to be, you've got to know what's going on because things are coming at you from all different angles. You've got the fast play of the kids, especially when you start doing higher level kids. You got six, eight, six, nine kids just throwing alleys all day. You got pushing in the back from here and there. You got coaches now who are not just, because I think a lot of times when we think about coaches, like, oh, I have to worry about the coach yelling or whatever. You got coaches who are playing a mental game. They'll just say little things here just to maybe get you off your game, maybe to look away, things like that. So now it's putting all those other things into ask, um, into the picture. Um, so I think I'm definitely more ready um, than the last time I went to camp. Um, also getting more reps in and the three-person, um, knowing game management um, and positioning, not just like where you're supposed to be on the court, but why I should maybe take – two or three steps out to see that same play rather than being right on top of it. Mm. Um, I think it's, it's a lot of a mental thing. I know a lot of times when I when I speak, I, I reference the movie The Matrix, like we were talking about that earlier. So one instance of it is, I'll say, being able to slow things down. You're going to process all that information, but now you're seeing it at a slower rate so you can take it, process it, comprehend, make your decision at the end. Um, but then also, too, with this whole game, I take it as like that red pill, blue pill thing where now when you've taken the pill, you could see, all right, what I thought I saw at first, that is not the real thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like there's, this goes much deeper and you're seeing it from a whole different angle now. Um, so I think being on that other side of it now, now not saying that I know everything cause I don't, and I'm learning a whole bunch every single day, like just from Bernard's camp blew my mind. And I learned a whole bunch that I didn't think it was going to come at me at yeah. that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, but being able to just soak in everything, um, and it's a constant learning process every single day. I'm not I'm not ever going to stop learning. This mm. is what it is. That's why I'm going to stick with you, man. That's why I'm going to stick with you. I but appreciate you. I did want to pour in some things just to fortify your your statement. Um, there's one thing that I always say, and it's um, the more, more connections you make, the more connections you can make with things you already know. And the more you know is the more you can make connections with things that you already know. So I'll give you an example. When you were talking about just like the Matrix thing, I'll just give you the, the, the alley-oop tip. I could, I'm could. i throwing it off the backboard now. I don't know if you're going to do it. Can I, can I but it? <laughs> let me tell you something. When you start doing baseball and you see an 80-mile-per-hour fastball mm. or like a 65-mile-per-hour curveball, there ain't never going to be no above-the-rim play that's going to be fast yeah, 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 ever. Yeah. I got because it. I do baseball, Yeah, which is a slower sport. But you would have never thought I would tell you that your eye speed can improve 
There's no one gonna, unless you do baseball. Uh, nope. You're not gonna won't. understand it. Right. Right. You're not right. gonna understand. You're exactly. not gonna see what I can see mm-hmm. in a slow way. Yeah. Very slow way. So I remember one day somebody was just giving me stat. How can you see that from 90 feet? I'm like, so when I do baseball, mm-hmm. right? I'm an umpire. If it goes over the fence, I can't see it. Right. 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 And they go. Whatever, man. What yeah. this guy always you didn't got like something. That answer, this right? guy always got something to say. Like yeah, I got yeah. something to say. That's how you. That's how you came yeah. up to me like that. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, like those quick bang, bang, like out of bounds calls. Right, right. You're not sure. Like this, this. I've been coaching volleyball for how long? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at that damn line. <laughs> you you would never think that you'd have a connection with something else that right, you would, right. that would apply to reffing, but like yeah, just keep. Keep searching for those those yeah. connections that that probably are right there. Right. Um, so after everything you said, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time? Hmm. Uh, I would say patience. Um, definitely patience is required with this because it's not like a, you're not learning this in one day. And um, you did you know that like once you started getting serious, that's how you thought it would be? Like I got to just be patient? No, <laughs> not at all. I definitely have told you in so many ways that you just got to be patient. Yeah, yeah, slowing down. Um, you know, simple things like reporting the fouls. So boom, I want to blow my whistle, and I want to put my hand up, and I want to let everybody know what's happening at the same time. No. You saw my game this year. You saw how slow I was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, I thought both the other rest were mad fast. Like right, I was right, like, right, yo, right. that you need to chill. But it's funny that you say that because now me being able to look, to you, look at you because you did the game right before mine, it didn't look slow to me. <laughs> you know, but it's because I see what's going on now. Like, boom, I'm going to put my hand up. I got the fist up. I'm holding it there for a second. I'm analyzing. I'm like, all right, who got fouled? Who did the foul? And then also for me, too, as I'm getting deeper into this three-man thing, you know, remembering where am I going after I report this foul so that when I go report mm. to the table, I'm not looking like an idiot mm. circling back and forth. You know what I mean? Like, Yo, <laughs> and then and then you're going to get to my level where you don't even think about it. Right, exactly. So for me, it's like, boom, boom, I got to yeah. get and, all this together. And and now I'm at the point where uh, you're still intimidated by reffing with certain people? No. A little bit? No, no, no. Now I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm just trying to kill them. Like uh-huh. I, I'm in a different type of wavelength. See, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. That's that's the next one. You're like, I'm not there yet. Mike Nardone, I don't care. <laughs> my man, he so he, my boy. he better than me, but I'm taking shots. I'm yeah. still Ukraine. I love him. I love him. <laughs> I'm still gonna try to take shots, but um, other than patience, what else? What else? Um, humbleness. Um, being humble in this game, uh, definitely has helped me. Now I'm just saying, I'm not saying what everybody needs. I'm just saying what I know has helped me. Um, because being able to listen to people. When they tell you things, when you think you know everything, um, that takes a definite level of humbleness. Mm. Um, but for me, I, I feel like I'm, I'm like a sponge with all this. I'm going to take in everything that anybody has to say to me. Now, I may filter some things out if I don't feel you're credible or whatever like that. But I'm taking in all information um, because it's going to ultimately help me. And also, too, I believe that... Um, being a good judge of character is, is a part of this. I'm able to see the people who are really like looking out for me because you're not going to get good in this game without having a support system. Mm. Like I believe that hundred percent. Um, and, uh, fortunately I've been blessed enough to have people around me that can sit down, talk to me and also too on the court, rip me apart. Like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> it just be blunt with me. So we we can have, we can have dialogue. We can move on for the next thing. Um, I think all those kinds of things definitely helped out. 
Um, so being able to be humble and take in that information, even though it may come like rash and harsh, that definitely helps. After I just gave you the pro tip, is there another sport that you would officiate? And if um, so, what, what would it be? I want to try my hand in lacrosse. Mm. Uh because I have no idea what's I, going on with lacrosse. I did lacrosse before basketball. I still yeah. have no idea. Okay. I, still, <laughs> no, I, I just so, I just can't I can't grasp it. Yeah. I can't but and what's so crazy is that in Suffolk and Nassau, these are the best referees in the nation. Yeah, yeah. In the nation. Yeah. Like people in my association, they go to the national championship yeah. regularly. Yeah, I heard that. And I, they're like the semifinals are at Hofstra. Like this yeah. is the place. I heard that about about referees with lacrosse it's crazy. in this area. And also about kids. Like we seen like these coaches flying oh, in North Carolina. If and stuff. you see the national championship, yeah. you'll see hometown Long Island, home, hometown Highlandia, hometown yeah. Brentwood, hometown. They come here to scoop up kids like the way they do, like basketball. go down go, right. exactly go down south for these big basketball and right. football programs. It's crazy. Okay, any other sport? Um, possibly volleyball. Okay. Well, you yeah. let you. They all call me up yeah. because they all don't understand the game. Right. And I'll say just as you're if you're thinking about it. Mm -hmm. JV and varsity is not the same sport. Mm. I want you to think of it like this. If I have one girl, see in basketball, you can have one kid that's like transcendent mm. and you got a game. Yeah, like yeah, just true. give them the ball. Yeah. They score. They get a steal. That cool. Yeah. He could run the show. Now in volleyball, if number 14 can't pass the ball mm. and this person can surf, one point, two point, three point, four point, five right, point. Right, right. The final score was 25 to 3. You ain't learning from that. Y'all got smoked. <laughs> Y'all not going to learn from somebody serving at the same person. You're not going to learn a game. Right. But now you get to the point where you're reffing one of my games, going yeah, back and yeah, forth, back yeah. and forth, back. And it's how are you going to learn that if what you're used to in JV is like right, a kid right. just serving? So, like, it's hard. I have the feel for it because I played it and I've coached it so right, long right. that, you know, you just let me know because, like, you're going to know it from. And that's another thing. Like, mm -hmm. You know basketball from the feel. Right. Now you're working on the rules, just like you said. You yeah, didn't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now imagine you don't know anything about volleyball. You coming straight from the rules. Yeah, that's all I know. Because you don't know the feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know the feel. And that that'd be an interesting way to learn how to uh, a different like way of refing because right. you're like, that's what I do in, in in softball. I've never played. I've only seen it yeah, like in theory. Rules. But now it's like, and what's so cool about it is like ball. Mm, that could have been a strike. You got mad time to think about yeah. it. Whereas in basketball, and you still like you still yeah. running yeah. and you fit you you carrying it. Uh -huh. But in in softball or baseball, you're like, okay, I messed up. Right. I got time to regather. All right. It's kind of like a free throw every time. It's a free throw, live free throw. Yeah. That's what that's what baseball and softball is. But um, if you can describe, what do you think is the most stickiest situation that you've ever been in so far in officiating? The thickest situation? The stickiest situation. The stickiest? Like the, the, the roughest. Like mm. you did 15 games and your legs are messed up on game eight and you didn't know it was going to be like this or <laughs> something like that. Um, Okay. So right before the pandemic, um, what you call it? I got some games in Connecticut mm. to do um, an Adidas tournament. So first of all, when the assigner called me like, all right, could you do these games in Connecticut? I'm like, Connecticut, bruh. So I was like, all right. I was like, send me the address. For, let me just put everything together. Uh, it was like, a, I think it was two and a half hours away. I believe that's what it was. And I'm like, I'm not driving two and a half hours for no basketball game. And he said, all right, I can make it worth your while. I said, talk to me. He said, I'll give you 10 games. 10 games. All right. Like back to back to back, like eight o'clock start time. And then back to back to back all to all the way through. 
um, by game eight, mm. bro, my legs felt like linguini. Cool. It was wild. You didn't know about pacing yourself. Because I know about pacing myself now. Now, I was just trying to, because it's a it was an Adidas tournament. Like, I'm starting out, so I'm like, I want to look good. Rip, right? Yeah, I want to look good. So, obviously, my mechanics were shit at the time, but I'm like, I'm a hustle. I'm going to make sure y'all know that I'm out here. Like, when there's fast breaks, I'm going to be right there with the fast break. So, yeah, by game eight, I was, lit. my legs were cramping up. It was rough. Bro. So, how was game nine and game ten? You were just the shell of yourself? It was bad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, I, I got to make it, I got to make it to the three-point line. You I know, there's, there's nothing worse than when um, you already want to go home and you got two games left. Not yeah. even one. Like, one, at least you're like, the light is at the uh -huh. end. But you're like, oh. Two more games? Yeah, it was rough. You, you want to sit in the chair a little bit longer, just a little bit longer. Um Having said that, what is your best moment thus far as a basketball official? Oh my goodness, these—that's an amazing question. Um, all right, I'm, I, this is gonna sound crazy because it just happened, but really, this past camp with Bernard, I—that's I not the crazy. Best. Okay, <laughs> like, because I think when you ask a question, I'm thinking like you might want a specific moment. I thought happened. I thought it was, was like, first of all, you don't even understand. Like, <laughs> just 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 coming from me, like, I was so lucky that I met I met Bernard and I was already successful. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's why we have like a different type of respect because it's like, right, right, right. I met you and I was already established. Right, right. But you take me to the next level. You mm -hmm. feel me? Like, so I feel him on that. And I'm sure he feels like I remind him of, I, he, I, I remind him of me. You mm. know what I mean? Like when he looks when at he me, at, yeah, it reminds me of him. Right, right. So I think when, when he sees me, he wants to take another step to me. You know what I'm saying? And then mm. I feel like I'm just digitizing him. Mm. So, I, you know, it's like, it's, it's cool to see that. And, you know, I, just like the amount of heavy hitters that were at that camp. Like, yeah. I don't even think you understand yeah, yeah. how many heavy hitters I know, were. I, exactly. Like Earl Robertson was there the first day and like, exactly. no one knows who that is, but right. like, I, I, he, I trust he's, mm -hmm. he's such a, and I think what's so amazing about Bernard is that he's flexing his influence. His influence is very mm, far vast. Mm -hmm. Because all those other people, including myself, have a lot of influence mm. in the game. So, you bring all those influencers together yeah, and you're the influential person that brought everyone together without yeah. no, like yeah, you got you, it. You're not going to say no to that. Yeah, yeah. You got it. Bernardo put you in a, a compromise. He's like, I got games, but they're in Florida. And you're like, you're not, you, you're just going right. to say yes. You're right, not going right, to right. not say no. when you're not going to figure it out. <laughs> now, you, now you understand what I'm saying. But yeah. um, my final question to you. Well, I got one more question. Talk so I always wanted to know how you, you were so wavy. This is how, huh? What, 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 what else do you use? <laughs> Do you Listen, use do you use new Nile? What do you do? Who, who's that? <laughs> it's it's some old man uh, wave, wave making. Listen, um, I brush a lot. I brush a lot. Actually, I get in trouble for brushing a lot. Why? <laughs> All right. So before I used to just sit on the bed and brush my hair, and wife used to get real upset. Like oh, I'm trying to sleep, and I'm like ah. So now. I'm very considerate. I go into the bathroom and I just brush. You know, you got to get your little wave session and you got to get your brush session in. So mm -hmm. I'll be there like, I, I don't, it's not like before when, you know, you're 20 and it's like, I'm sitting in there for 45 minutes brushing, brushing, and then I got to put the moisturizer, got to make sure the So you don't do that tight. anymore. 
I do it, but it's all very um, limited. So uh, my brush, but you've gotten more efficient over the years, right? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I would imagine. But then also too, I took a break because I, I had braids for a while, so I I was actually off the wave game for. I I think they're so fascinating. I think they're just fascinating. <laughs> you remember Tyree? Do you remember Tyree at all? Tyree Kirkland? No. He used to referee, but his okay. waves are it's so deep. And it's like, how do you do that? I don't get it. I don't understand. That's funny. That's funny. It's just so deep. And like, I, I seen yours. I'm like, they're not as deep as Tyree's. Like, I, shout out to Tyree. I'm just, I'm starting to just bring it back for real now. So hopefully, I say like three months or so, I should be at my waviest. I think they're cool, man. But my final question to you <laughs> is, you know, referee has given you so much. It's. Uh, inducted you to a brotherhood and sisterhood of, of people that are in stripes. Um, I feel like it's given you like direction and purpose and like just for you to think of it as a craft, for you to take something serious and Absolutely. also just being involved and participating in sports. It's got to be great. And then making money, you right, know, like right, right, right. making money and like just, you know, knowing that you get yeah. better, you'll make more money. Absolutely. What is re what does refereeing mean to you? What is it given to you in your life? Mm, I like that question. All right. I think it's, um, it's giving me an opportunity to see that, like, yo, you could take something that others may not see as um, important, and but if you put your mind to it, if you put dedicate time um, and knowledge into it, like, you could really do whatever you purpose to do. Mm. Um, so, like, I mean, you could take this and you could apply it in, in different aspects of life. If you take something and you're serious about it, you can always grow and excel. Um, and I, I think for me, it's even helped me out with, with work and things like that. Because now I'm like, I'm sitting there. Makes you get out early too? Well, to leave early to go ref? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that happens sometimes too. Like, Kaz is like, yo, I need you to be at this game. I'll, yeah. There's another one you can't say no Listen, to. Listen, I'm going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it, 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 I would say it's definitely giving me a purpose as far as being able to know like, yo, if you want this, go get it. And I think at first, when I was doing, you know, the little park games and stuff like that, it wasn't something that was appealing to me. Now that I've got that fire, like, yo, I see people like you, Mike, guys that I aspire to be like, guys I aspire to get to the level of, um, and I'm like, yo, I could definitely do this. If you can apply that to every situation in life, bro, like, you, you become dangerous. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, like, even with me with that work right now, like, my job was offering things for some certifications. Oh, I'm going to go take that certification mm. and I'm going to go get your job in like a year from now. Like, this is what it is. It made you a positive opportunist. You know what? I like that. I, I mean, sometimes people knock people for being opportunists, but it's like, what are we here for? Right, right. Like, like you're just here to be stagnant and stay in your you spot just, be you, happy? Wow. I'm just saying, you also have to be the person that like, you bring something to the table too. Because right, like, right, I'm right. an opportunist, but I bring something to the table. Mm -hmm. If you're an opportunist and you bring something to the table, then, you know, we all... Now we're working. That's, that's, what's, that's what working. a network is, man. But I'll leave that because I know you got prom duties. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? Um, just want to say I appreciate you, man. Um, just all the, the mentorship, um, looking out. Like I say, there's, there's a certain group of people that I'm able to hit up on a regular, like, random text, late night, whatever. And if I got a question, like, these people jump for me. Mm. Like I said, I, I'm going to keep pointing out you and Mike Nardone, like... There's people that there's a family around, and if I need a question answer or if I need um, what you got a guidance as far as oh which which camp I should look out for or ways I can improve, like you guys are there. So I just want to say I appreciate you. I appreciate the 
the family that's around me, um, I wouldn't be able to be where I'm at today, and I wouldn't be able to get to where I'm going without you guys. Appreciate that, man. I'm looking forward to your continued growth. We'll leave some more meat on the bones for a part two. But for Dennis Diaw, this is Ralph the Ref. This is The Rant. We are signing out. Peace. Copy.